Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS RID 399801. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. I just woke up. Today, uh, Joe Mackey is on the show. He's a really funny guy. He's got great jokes. I will be doing some comedy on the road. I'm doing three crowd work shows on the West Coast, January 20th, Inauguration Day. I'll be at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Then the 21st and 22nd, I'll be doing crowd work shows at the Riot Fest in Los Angeles. I'll go back to doing normal shows, February 24th and 25th, uh, 24th in Fort Collins, 25th in Denver, and I'll be adding more shows soon. Uh, Todd Berry Podcast t-shirts, go to toddberry.com slash shirt. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, Feral Audio brings you this podcast, so go to feralaudio.com. And you can click on Support Our Artists and buy stuff through Amazon using their link, and the artists will get a cut of that. And speaking of Amazon, I have a book coming out called Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg. It's about it's like a tour diary of playing smaller cities in the U.S. and other countries. And that comes out in March, but you can pre-order it now. You can go to Amazon and order that. And I think that's it, right? There's nothing else, right? I don't have an opening statement or anything like that. Uh, Here's Joe Mackey, everyone. Are you ready, Joe? I am ready whenever you are. I see. You're the only uh, guest who's ever whipped out a notebook. What if you say something funny? What if I say something funny? Or what if I say something funny and I think, well, I could write about that later. Wow. So you're that you're that on it, huh? Well, the one uh, sure sign of intelligence—it's long-term planning, Todd. Really? Mm-hmm. Always <laughs> looking out for that next big thing. So, do you whip this thing out like uh, when you're having dinner with your girlfriend or something? Or no, I usually put something in my phone. Use a phone note if something okay. something happens. So you think something magical might happen while you're talking to me? I figure it's a Todd Berry podcast. Something definitely magical is going to happen. Really? Well, you. You clearly have never listened to one episode of this. <laughs> what did you uh, What'd you do today, may I ask? Uh, I worked out. Worked uh, out? What's your workout? Because I went to the gym also. Uh, I lifted weights and I did 25 minutes on the exercise bike. you got to do both. Really? Because I just do the treadmill and I the weights are just so boring. It, it's super boring. I split it up into two days and I take a day off. So it's just like 15 minutes each day uh-huh. and then a day off. But I feel like it... That having a little bit of muscle on you, it keeps the blood sugar down, keeps you living long. Yeah, that's what they say. I used to think it was just like a tone, like muscle tone thing, but they actually say it's good for strength. I mean, I guess I knew that it was good for strength. Keeps your bones thick. I, I want to be the person that goes to a few funerals of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to die. You don't want to be the first to go. Oh, you want <laughs> You want to be alive to go to funerals. Is what yeah, you want to be the, la- the first of the last. Wow. Is that something you think about a lot? Mm-hmm. Long term planning. You want to live uh you want to live long, huh? I don't want to die. I don't I want to be able to walk <laughs> up the stairs when I'm when I'm seventy. You know, you I see people I went to high school with and they're already broken down. Really? So you don't wanna you don't wanna end up like that. I know it I was working at Viacom and we we were on the thirty fifth floor and they have this new thing you have to do every four years where you walk down the you walk out the emergency stairs. It's a, it's a drill, and you have two locations you can meet at. And so many people the next day were sore from walking downstairs. But 35 floors of stairs. 35 floors, but it's it's still, you're, still, you're, you're not really using a lot of muscle right, you're going to go down. down. Right. 
Uh, how, were, how did you handle that? Were you? Is this... I felt good. Really? Yeah. No, I didn't even notice it the next day. So you've been working out a long time then? Long time. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I guess it wasn't obvious, which is why I asked you <laughs> in such a shitty way and then made it worse with what I just said right there. Well, they say you can't outwork a, a bad diet, and that's my problem. It's uh, I like uh, I like the junk food. I like the sweets, but I'm cutting back on that. Yeah, I think, I think I've uh, seen you eat some stuff that might not, you know, stuff I eat as well. But uh, what if what are you cutting down on? Uh, I'm eating less simple uh, carbohydrates, <sighs> so less potatoes, oh less white rice. Oh fuck! No white bread. Uh, all my pasta is wheat pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so your blood sugar doesn't spike because I find you just you eat this crap and you you feel good for a few minutes and then it just hits your bloodstream like a freight train and then when you when it when it finally lowers the blood sugar you're hungry again. So yeah, I know. Then you get to eat again. Mm-hmm. That's, but then you. What's the bad news there? Well, I look I like know. a melted candle come beach season, and I'm not ready for my calendar. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so you worked out. So you, you say you work out for 15 minutes? No, I do 15 minutes of lifting, oh, okay. and then 25 on the bike. I say people like they go to the gym for two hours, and it's such an obstacle that oh, then they God. stop going. I try to do. Enough that I'll do it. What about those not... weirdos who like going to the gym? That's crazy. I and mean... people are always trying to. Oh, you have this at the cellar. People try to get you to go box. Yeah. I'm like I don't want to. I want to punch stuff. I don't get invited to a lot of those uh, activities that I hear. Like I'll show up at the cellar. I'll sit at the table. I feel like oh, I'm pretty entrenched in the scene. And they're like, Yeah, we all went to the movies. We all went. We all went to this. Hey, when are you going to box tomorrow? Are you going to play basketball? It's like no one ever invites me that stuff. Well, they probably think you're a bigger star than they are, and it's a respectful distance, whereas it's me. They just, they're like, they like, just don't invite Joe. Oh, wow, you're right about that. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, now I get it now. But also, I probably would say no to every invite that, that I just mentioned, like going to the movies with 30 people. Uh, it's I not don't fun. Do, no, I don't want to do that. And then people, you know, don't, you're waiting for people, you're uh, trying to sit together. Wait for Keith Robinson to show up. Yeah. And he's lost the way he got lost coming to my podcast. <laughs> Even though he arranged the whole thing. No, I'm talking about the movie. Okay, never mind. I was trying to slam Keith Robinson because he's, <laughs> he's a good sport about it. But he's not listening, so what's the point? So you did that today. Did you uh, Did you write today? I did write. Tell me about that. Because you're one of the guys. This is good. Because I, I feel like when I started out, used to, guys always comics always had their notebooks out, and people talked about jokes. And I was like, the past few years, I feel like people are not really talking about jokes and they're talking about deals and stuff like that. So I always see you with your notebook, and that, I think it's it's a, it's a good thing. I, f I feel like it could all end tomorrow, you know? I'm just waiting for someone to say, oh, we were just being nice booking you. Yeah. So I'm always trying to get that next new great right. joke, hopefully to keep my career going. Because I feel like, you know, if you look at the seller and the wait staff isn't laughing at your jokes anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, they've heard too. They've heard this too many times. I've seen them like mouth along to the word, like mm -hmm. sing along to the jokes because they've heard it. Like, yeah, and some of those, yeah. That's that's bad because you just you, you can't do that stuff anymore because people will look you up on the internet right. before you go out to your road weekend, and they'll see my half hour and the stuff I did on Last Comic Standing or whatever. And I almost feel like, well, what's the point if they know the punchlines? And what's the point of doing jokes that you know work? Because then you're – it's, right. it's long-term planning again. It's it's uh, it's this, it's this like you can get that, that high from killing every night doing the stuff that works. Yeah. But it's a, it's a road to failure eventually. I think, if yeah, if you stick with the same act for seven years or something. But yeah. it, it is always a balance though, isn't it? Because you're like, I don't want to go up here and just – my thing being is that I am struggling with – 20 minutes of works in progress. Right. Like at some point you want to put on, you want to have the finished product. Right. But at the same time, you know, especially in like a 15 minute set in New York, you're like, if I don't use this to get something done, what's the point? Yeah. Like Cause a, those, those weeks turn into months, turn into years, yeah. but I find like you got to give them something. Yeah. So I do at least five minutes of the of stuff I know is going to work up top. Uh -huh. And if things are going well, then maybe I'll mix some new in, but I've seen people who give give the, give the crowd all new. It's frustrating because there's a show going on. People pay money, right? And you don't want to just lay an egg up there, and then someone else after you's got to clean that up, right? The um, you could try the Todd Barry method, which is do the new stuff up front, knowing you have the other stuff locked and loaded. You are bold. Yeah, I mean, and I do that once every thirty shows. I do something that bold. That that's pretty gutsy because I find like that first. 
that first couple of minutes is so integral. You only have 15 minutes for the showcase spots in the city. Right. And if I dig myself too big a hole, and now it's going to take me four or five yeah. minutes to work my way out of it. Yeah, I mean, but it feels so good. If you try something new at the beginning, you're like, oh, man, that worked. Yeah, and there's a street cred. There's yeah. that Todd Berry street, street cred. cred. It's like, I got that joke I'm sleepwalking through, ready to go, <laughs> that I can drift while I do it, and it'll kill. Do you... um? Let's talk about these. Uh, okay, I talked about what you did today. I talked about joke writing. So how many hours did you write, or how long did you write? I shouldn't say how many hours. Maybe I wrote was... about a couple hours. Did you really? Mm -hmm. So where did you write? Just in my apartment. Yeah? Sorry, I'm chewing on my cough yeah. drop. Um, do, you know, do you have a cough there? No, I just... Um, you thought it would sound good in a microphone? I thought it would, sound, it would ruin the podcast, and I would self-sabotage no, myself. No, right. People are used to noise in my podcast. Um, I write in my apartment. Really? Make a pot of coffee, start writing, and I try to write about things that bother me and see where it goes from there. Really? Yeah. So what? I mean, I don't. You don't have to reveal new material here, but well, I, I'm going to tell you a broad thing, and then you, who knows where it's going to end up. I was writing about how I feel like sometimes people don't feel like they have a purpose, uh -huh. and I just start writing about like, well, people are camping out for phones, and maybe there's something about that, or people are. Worried about what kind of shoes they have. A comedian told me the other day, it's like, what kind of shoes are those? And I'm like, oh, just some $18 shoes I bought at Walmart. And they're like, they were, they kind of chuckled about it. Like, like I'm the crazy one. Mm -hmm. Whereas like people who have like 20 pairs of $200 shoes, to me, that's insane. Uh, and it's just like people are living for these nonsense things. And hopefully something fun can come out of that. Right. What now? Do you worry about doing that for an audience full of people who do have all those shoes? I guess that's a good challenge, though. That's to get them to laugh at themselves, right? And, and a lot of times, people want to laugh at themselves. They like. I think people, if you if you really cornered them into a hole, like everyone knows, like I do dumb things. Everyone knows that they're they're interested in things that you know. It's kind of silly at times. You just made up an expression, cornered them into a hole. By the way, oh, you, you combine like five different. Cliches. No. <laughs> That's good. I like That's that. That's the title of the podcast now. Cornered into a hole. There's your uh, album. Mm. So you wrote for two hours. Is that like nonstop? Just like you say something, then you look up, and then you write something down? Do you like you stare into space to kind of. A lot of times bring... I'm staring into space, and then if something funny comes up, and then I peruse the news to hopefully find something oh my God. funny about that. Like today, uh, there was a rapper in Atlanta, and he was bragging about how he was shot for the 11th time. Uh huh. And his, his answer to this is to tell people he's bulletproof. Uh, but, oh, like, I think he should change his personality because if you've been shot 11 <laughs> different times, it might, might be you. Right. Yeah, that's I, – I don't know if I would announce that I was bulletproof after no, being shot 11 times. You're tempting fate. Although I've never been shot, so I, maybe I would. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah, I guess you would get a big head about it after a while if you didn't <laughs> die. God, I, how can – what a – like, that's such an, a weird life experience and to have that – oh, I got shot again today. But the, how does eleven times and still not? The guy's bulletproof. Yeah, he's he's got like the save text shot again at emergency. <laughs> he's room. got he's got the quickie, uh, the uh, quick. What are those texts that are like the? They're all ready to go. What yeah, are, the preordained uh, message. Yes, whatever I was, you know, everyone knows what I'm talking. Did you? Uh, so do you do pretty much two hours a day, or is it? Is it just? I try to do at least. I at least try to sit down and and start. How long I go is kind of a variable because uh -huh. sometimes it's just not there, and. I'm trying to force it and it gets frustrating. So I'm like, maybe I'll go for a run or go to the supermarket or something. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, but I do find that if, if I don't sit down and do it, it, once again, those days become weeks and those weeks become months. And then, and then I find I'm not putting enough stuff out. And I know people say like, I don't sit down and write. How do you sit down and write? Stuff just happens. And I, it, you know, I, I write about it then. And it's like, those people I think are missing out on possibly figuring out bits just because they're not sitting down and doing it enough. I think you're right, because I, as I've said probably a hundred times on this podcast, but I'll say it anyway because it came up organically. Yeah, I feel like, like the other day, I was, I was like, because I'm going to do a special in a few months, and I'm like, oh, it might be a little light on material, even though it's been years. And I just was like, oh, man, I just... Just think of if you're sitting here at this coffee shop and you just go, I'm going to think of something for this joke. You'll think of something. It might not be like it's meeting. It's sort of like doing homework and doing stage work at the same time. Right. Like I could just say, I'm just going to see what happens on stage. 
But maybe if I can spend some of my 12 free hours a day just seeing if something happens. Brainstorms. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe something else will come up from it, even if it's not the punchline that you thought. And for me, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, what, 10 people in New York City that get unlimited stage time? Uh Uh-huh. And for me, it's like, I got to make that stage time count. So say the crowd's mediocre, I got to have something in the barrel that I know I want to try. Right. Whereas like the people that go up and talk, it's like, well, if you're getting, you know, Louie can stop in and do an, right. do an hour. Uh, uh, you know, Aziz can stop in whenever he wants. Right. But for most of us, even even though we're all successful in our own right, it's like there's only so much quality stage time to, to try to. Do you still run around to, uh, I mean, I see it at the cellar all the time, but do you still run around to like bar shows? and? I still do bar shows and I still do some other clubs sometimes. I did Dangerfields. Did you? A couple of times, I think a lot of people were uh, making fun of me for. I wouldn't make fun of you. I just that's, that. that's a club that I, for whatever reason, well, not not for whatever reason, but I just like I've only performed there one time in my entire life. Wow! And I was just kind of like I don't know. I felt a little. Uh, I don't know. It was just the only time I've done it. It's it's the kind of place that if you it was in the East Village, you'd be like, wow, this is such a cool ambiance. Uh-huh. But it's really that they just haven't ever changed anything since like, yeah it's pretty locked into it an era from although i haven't been there in a long long time yeah so maybe maybe i'd love it maybe i should give it another chance uh you know i was talking to another comedian about it and i was like well i'm doing danger fields i'm not looking forward to it because honestly the cellar is the best club in the city and that kind of spoils you yeah and he's like well you shouldn't just do sets where you know the audience is good yeah and that's, i'm like you're right i, I think that's lazy. there are a couple of clubs where and Maybe Dangerfield is one where you kind of go, oh, this is kind of a reality check because this is not comedy nerds. This is just kind of yeah people who are showing up to go to a show. And if you can if you can pull something off that you think is so you know edgy or whatever, not that I ever say I'm edgy. Oh, and then you put well, I other am, people do. I know everyone else. I feel like everyone else says I'm edgy. So why I say it myself? It's kind of <laughs> egotistical. But I feel like if you can pull that off in front of a crowd that might not be like hipsters or comedy savvy people then maybe it's a better joke. Yeah. Because we, we, we go on the road sometime, and it's not yeah. always comedy nerds. It's it's a barked-in, papered-in crowd in, you know, in the middle of the country that, you know, they're, they went to work all day, and they don't have time for your right. experiments. Right. They just like, yeah, let's hit, hit me with some stuff and uh, make me feel better. Yeah. Have you been on the road a lot lately? A good bit. I was just in Charlotte, North Carolina. I came down with a flu. Oh, really? Uh, my first night down there, that was the Thursday before last. Uh, a whole bunch of other people from the cellar got it, too. Uh, did you do the shows? I did. Uh, I don't want to cancel. I, right. You know. Canceling is a rough thing. I'm yeah. Not... And then I'm out. I'm out a lot of money. And I, I drove down there. I'm staying in the condo. And I did the show Thursday. And I, I was starting to feel sick. Uh, but the next day, I had to wake up for media, and I started – sorry to be gross. I started vomiting. Yeah. And I still wanted to be ready because I don't think clubs would believe me if I said, oh, I don't feel good enough to do media. Well, right. that would be great. I'll do the shows, but I won't do the media. Yeah, yeah that would be great if you could get away with that. But I just don't feel like – so I'm like, I'm going to be as professional as I can, try to get through it. But we – it was two TV stations to start, oh. and I was just like – we got to the TV station. And I'm like, look, I'm really sorry, but I can't throw up on the air. You know, and they understood, and they were cool about it. Yeah, I mean, they, it's to their, it, they benefit for you not throwing up. I yeah. Think. So was was the was this the comedy zone? Yes. I've never done that room. It's a big room. Yeah. Um, and I thought most of the crowds were pretty good, uh, even though I had to do, I did shorter. They let me do thirty five minutes. Oh, they did. And, yeah, and I was struggling to get through them, but luckily the the feature was a pro and he was able to do more time. And the host did more time. And they also, I'm sure you don't come across a guy who's going to show up, drive to Charlotte and go, I'm sick, I'm, so can I do shorter time? Like, yeah. Like, when you drove, I, he probably really is. And people do get sick. So. And it's my second time there, so I felt oh, yeah. like I had a little bit of a reputation that like, like, oh, he can do the time. It's not that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I always, like I said earlier, it's like I always feel like this is a career that could end, so I want to do as well as I can. So you want to die on stage because you didn't take care of yourself. Right, right. <laughs> you have a flu so that's, bad. That's better than going back to a regular job. That's true. So you were there. Now, see, that's the thing with this comedy clubs that I can't do. I can't do, like, TV. Like, I just can't 
go on, Charlotte. I just – do you think it helps? Um, I don't think it helps the weekend very much. I don't think it moves my numbers. It does create awareness for the club because people are like, oh, there's a comedy club. We should check into that sometime. Right. And it get you get dribs and drabs here and there, but See, I, I want... think it's good for the club in general, right. and that's what they want. Well, th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't I feel like okay. I don't I don't particularly enjoy them. Uh sometimes I feel like the D, the radio DJs especially, usually the TV I have a better experience with cuz they're used to it's usually their local They're probably talk more show. likely to be polite yeah. than a radio jock. And they're used to having guests whereas like radio the morning radio show they'll take calls but like I almost feel like they feel like we're intruding on their time to do Stupid criminal stories, or yeah, you know, wacky whatever. That is my favorite do. kind of radio. I mean, aside from the highbrow radio I've done, but like when it's if I'm going to do a morning zoo thing, I'd I'd rather they go. We're just going to read the news, and if you have something to say, say it. Okay, that, I love that too. All right, well, I won't be saying a lot, but if I do have something, I will chime in. Yeah, and something they'll say like Todd Berry's joining us. Todd, yeah. what are you doing this week? And then you right. say your show, and then you're back to your hotel. Do you have um? Are you still doing radio where they make you do your act or? Uh, sometimes it lasts for like one joke and I try not to do it, but if they do, I, you know, I have like a quick one-liner in the chamber and they're usually generous because they know they're really putting you on the spot. Oh, really? Yeah. I find they're generous laughers. Uh, every now and then you get, you get someone who's really just doesn't want you there and you just got to get through it. I remember I did a, um, top 40 radio station. The guy was like, I was like, do I have to do my material? He goes, no, because I don't understand why people ask comics to do material on the radio it's just so out of context i was like oh my god i'll do radio all the time with this guy yeah this that's the guy. refreshing um yeah so you did that so you did the, you did five shows and you you were sick but you pulled it off yes i was sweating bullets did you go I to a doctor dizzy. no um like an urgent care i'm, I'm one of those people that like oh. i really have to be uh, if it had lasted another couple of days i'd have gone but i really uh I almost feel like when you have the flu and if you didn't catch it early to start taking Tamiflu, like they're just going to tell you to drink water. You did know? you get a flu shot? I did not. Wow. I, sh- I should have and it's I should so still easy. get it. so easy to go to like CVS and it's free if you have insurance. Actually. Yeah. It takes I, five minutes. I still might do it just in case there's a slightly different strain. I still might uh, do it. I just been. You could do it. I'll show you where there's a CVS. You can do it tonight. Oh, cool. In fact, go do it now. I'll wait for you. The, uh, so you did that. Then we you've, you've been doing a bunch of shows with Louie. We did a couple together. Oh, uh, Dallas. We rocked Dallas. We rocked Dallas. Let me ask you this, because after leaving one of them, I would, thought I was going to ride with Louie to the hotel. And they're like, uh, he wants Joe to ride with him. I was like, okay. Uh, oh, well, that did you guys have a conference about something? That wasn't a slight. It no, was I didn't that, take it. Uh, I figured you had something to talk about. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, working since – I've been doing shows since July. So I've seen the evolution of a lot of material. And I, t- I happened to take notes that night. Because he said he was going to switch some stuff up. So uh, I kind of feel like if someone's taking you on the road, try – like, you know, I, I'm take sure notes you, on take, their act. you take a feature. If you take a feature, yeah. I kind of appreciate if they look – they watch my act. And if they have any constructive criticism, I'd love to hear it. And I'm trying to do the same, you know, when I'm the, the right. opening act because uh, it's a great opportunity. And I feel like if I can help in any way, I should probably try. Did he solicit this or did you just kind of – He – didn't solicit it, but uh, on other occasions where I have ridden in the car or I haven't ridden in the car, yeah. uh, just on the on the, the plane flight, we talk about his act, and he is is looking for for suggestions right. or what do you think about order stuff like that. You know that you know comics. You know sometimes we we'd have a good insight on. No, I I could see that. Uh, yeah, I figured it was something long, or I thought maybe he was talking about your jokes. But oh, oh, he does that too. He, he gives me some uh, constructive criticism as well. In any case, I felt slighted and it was oh. fucked up. Now you did a whole uh, I'm joking. You did a whole world tour with him. Let's hear some cities. Let's oh, hear some man. stories. It was great. We went to. We started in uh, in in uh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We went. Uh, we started in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, we went to London. We went to Dublin. We went to Amsterdam, Copenhagen, Helsinki, Paris, Jerusalem. Oh my God! Uh, Prague and Budapest. So you did all those? Oh man, yeah, it was great. Which, um, which were the best ones? And then you know my follow-up question to that. Budapest was great because Budapest. Well, Louis, you know, uh, has Hungarian lineage, uh-huh. so I think they were just pumped, and they said he was the first American comedian to play in Budapest. 
Uh, and it was just, it was, they were just hot and they treated us great and they were just, uh, they were really into it. I thought uh, Dublin was also a blast. I, they were singing before the show started. They were oh, singing really? along to <clears throat> Louis Play Zeppelin before the shows yeah. and they were just singing along. Yeah. That would be the note I would give to Louis. He's like, don't play Led Zeppelin before you should. What makes you say that? Because I don't like Led Zeppelin. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, that's just, I'm, I'm half joking. Well, do you ever have that I would never tell them what music to play. You go to a club and they ask you to, what song you want to play. And yeah. And like, it's just like, I just pick something. Me, I, I usually say uh, Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, that's funny. Because it's meaningless. Right. Like, and then some comics are like, oh no, this is what I'm, this is my theme for the show. I was like, yeah. I don't want to d- get ideas in the crowd's head i just want i just want something happy right how big was the place in budapest uh we did a uh, theater and it wasn't massive i had probably 2500 and i feel like budapest would have a beautiful theater am i wrong it was beautiful yeah uh i honestly though i think prague was the most beautiful city well, i would imagine they would i heard prague is beautiful yeah that's great so the so did they get there was there i know english isn't their first language in budapest would I'm guessing it isn't. It was mostly young people that I think were at least somewhat fans of Louis. Right, I imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought Budapest and Prague had the least English, least amount of English speakers, but they still were they still were good. Uh, we did a second show in Paris that we announced the day of, like in the afternoon, uh-huh. and it didn't sell out. The first one sold out, but the second one, it was so late. And I thought, well, these were people that weren't the hardcore fans that – and I thought that was the – the, they were quiet. They were good, but I think there was more of a language barrier there, and maybe Helsinki. I didn't yeah. think their English was great. There are reserved people in Helsinki. Yes. I mean, I got a massive standing ovation there, but well, of course you did. I actually yeah. did have a good show there. I had a show. I mean, I did my little crowd of 150, whatever, and but like got an encore and like, and they were they were kind of reserved, but they were clearly just into the show. Oh, that's good. You know what I mean? Like they weren't. It wasn't like doing the UCB and they're just losing, flipping over. But they're like mention a superhero, right? And, and we'll then, laugh. They, then they start doing backflips and jumping up and down. And the uh, so, did you get a chance? Because I I looked at those dates and it looked like he was kind of pounding them out. Like it wasn't like oh he's not really not a real chance to look around Budapest or like it just seemed like he was like boom boom boom. We like sp- punk rock style. Yeah, I mean we spent two days in London. Uh, we spent a day in Paris. We we got to do. Like, like Joe List, Rachel Feinstein, and myself would do like the most accessible touristy things we could do right. in the time we had. Like, it, we went to Old Jerusalem, we went swam in the Dead Sea, went in the Eiffel Tower, we went to you know Buckingham Palace, that kind of stuff. But we were in limited time. But like, just in case we never do it again, yeah, like, you gotta, gotta go. Ch- see yeah, you don't want to be in like Prague and not go for a walk or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. So were you were you nervous? I say I I would be nervous. I'd be very nervous. I, I I wasn't because I'd been doing shows with Louis in the arenas in the States. And also I felt like Louis told us, like, try stuff. Try a new joke every right, night. Right, he told go, me that. Go have fun. If you bomb, you're not going to ruin the show for me. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be into me whatever happens. And he's right. I mean, the, Louis's got, like, a hardcore fan base. And, and uh, if my eight to ten minutes doesn't murder... Mm-hmm. They're not going to be talking about that when right. they leave. It would be a nice challenge to see if you could bomb so hard that you ruined his show as well. I almost did a couple of times, but not 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 so bad that it Let's was. Let's hear about those, unless you don't want to talk about. Them. I didn't have a great show in Helsinki, and I think maybe it's because they were reserved. Yeah, and I, I've made the mistake before of thinking I'm bombing when a crowd is just reserved. Right. Uh, but also, I thought I didn't do very well, and I believe it was Greensboro, North Carolina. I didn't have a great show. I had a couple others that weren't – they weren't bombs, but they were – I just never – I never had them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's – I thought – one of the Dallas shows where I went first, and it was the first show we did in Dallas. Yeah. It was very difficult because they were wanting people in the theater. Oh, yeah, and they were – yeah, they were they, they were scanning them, like what metal detectory shit. Like, from, and you hear, could hear, like, the beeps and stuff. It's yes. Like, it was like, what a – because the crazy thing is, like, they're already in the theater, they're, so if they're armed, it's a little late. They could already murder <laughs> this celebrity. Right. And also it was like that crowd came very late. I mean, we started the show like 20, 20 minutes late anyway. I, th- I think what happened there is that I don't think that they had done a lot of shows there. And it was like a new venue for people to go to and people didn't know how to find it and things like that. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense then. So that's why you bombed hard there. Yeah. But um, it's weird that I killed you, that. You had to pick up the pieces. I had to 
Yeah, I'm not like Louie. Like, your bombing completely made me bomb. <laughs> you didn't bomb. You did very well. I remember that. So, But especially it's harder when you're like, especially like the wanding. Like, is that what they call it when they're, it's, they're metal detecting? It's like you're not going out there going, I bet they're going to be doing this while I'm up there. Yes. Because it's, I've never, it's not when you're supposed to do it. And it's right up front. Yeah. It, and it's any distraction, whether it's a waitress ordering drinks can, can ruin a joke and- when there's, you know, 50 people causing a distraction right up front of the theater, it's uh-huh. tough to overcome that. Uh, especially with, like, I'm not a high-energy guy. I am. I'm a, you are. Uh, I mean, you take your, your shirt off, you hump the stool. <laughs> no. But I think joke guys have a harder time with a rowdier, a rowdier situation or a noisier situation. But don't you think that um, – yeah, that, I could see that. But also – I like to think with these big theaters, like I did a couple of the oddball shows and you're like, you walk out and there's people, you know, going to buy hot dogs and throwing a beach ball around. And it's kind of, it's not the quite, it's not like the same behavior you would expect at a theater because it's outside and it's dusk or whatever. But I think it's, I always just find like, you just do the math and go, all right, a thousand people aren't paying attention to me, but 2000 are. Yeah. And that's a big, that's a large amount of people. Yeah. And then you just do that, and you kind of work around the others. But but sometimes, I mean, fifty people being seated and having a metal detector on them is uh... yeah. And I th- I think I think we're pro- I'm like I'm I'm probably harder on myself than than a lot of people in the crowd were. Yeah, because it just you I, I don't know I feel like if it doesn't go if it doesn't go good or great, you feel like you you kind of failed in a way. Um. Yeah. I mean, you always you know, you don't want to go through all that to. To uh, not have a fun time. Yeah. So where do you, where um is there any place you want to go that you haven't gone? I've never been to Comedy Works in Denver. Yeah. And I've never done a Comedy Club on State. Oh, that's that's. And good those one. are two clubs I just hear so much about that I would love to do, and I'm sure, hopefully someday, someday. Why don't we'll... you get booked there? Comedy Works, book Joe Mackey, and same with Comedy Club on State. I know both of you guys listen. <laughs> they but, very well might. There's... Yeah, those are those clubs are, they're they're. They have good reputations. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, do you, do you uh, what do you do? Like, you're on the road. Let's say you go to Madison. You got four days there. You don't. You do your radio. Do you walk around? Do you? I try to make sure I do one. Usually, the first day, I like to go try to walk around the town to see what there is to see. Like, if you're in Omaha, there's like the Boys Town Museum, or just, there's usually something interesting about the what museum? Boys Town. Uh, that orphanage that that okay. guy Father Flanagan they made a movie about it. There's a museum, an orphanage yeah, museum. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like well, you can go, you can actually go see it, and it was it was a movie starring Mickey Rooney. It was a, right. f- uh, but uh, I try to do that on Thursday because Friday I got media, and then I find that like I'm drinking coffee to get ready for the media, right. and then I try to go back to sleep and I can't. So it's like you got this weird thing, and then you got two shows at night, and then. Saturday, you have the two shows. And you really want to kill, and I try to write and exercise. And even though you're there four days, it's like you're getting in on one day, and right. then you're getting out. Usually, I try to leave at the crack of dawn because if my flight gets screwed up, I can get out later. Hopefully, that's a good theory. But I have the uh, Todd Barry theory of get your sleep before you leave, which I I don't always follow. But, yeah. like, the idea of, like, willfully, like, I'm going to get up at 4.30 in the morning after doing two shows on Saturday. I was like, why would I do that? I got a nice hotel room. But at the same time, what you're saying makes sense also. Yeah, I just – I'm sick of hotel rooms. It's so nice to get back home and, like, you know, just sleep in your own bed. Really? That old thing about sleeping in your own bed? Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, – <laughs> some people love traveling. I'm not – you don't love it? No. Oh, that's new. No, it's brutal. That's a bombshell you're dropping on us. I mean, uh, you know, the way I see it, like first class seats are what coach should be. It's like, why do you make why right. do you make a product that's bad for eighty oh, percent of the people? It's, it's brutal. Like that. Like I'm get. I mean, I'm like a little five foot six guy, and I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And I couldn't imagine if I were a six foot six guy who couldn't afford to fly first class. I've. It's it's gotta be brutal if you're that big. I just revealed that I fly coach still. Oh. It's just the I mean sometimes like the the markup on first class is insane. It's like four or five times what you pay for coach. So it's like I can't justify no. doing it. But it's it's the people too on the plane. You know the 
the people who they're like, don't put your coat in the thing. We need the storage space. And then immediately I see people doing it. And the people who like don't seem to see any problem with putting their elbow two, two inches over the, the seat, the armrests into your, into your stomach. Yeah. You would think most people would be like, oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that because I don't like it when strangers poke me in the stomach. But there's I think there's an obliviousness it. to some people, and then there's like a this is war every man for himself. Yes, I'm got the both. I got both armrests. It's for me. Yeah, I got it. And if you want to speak up, then you're gonna to have to deal with my attitude. Yeah, I don't know what if I was who I feel like I was doing a combination of a man and a woman both being angry. Yeah, there's a Lord of the Flies aspect to flying. You're, you're definitely right about that. I was just talking about the the voice I was doing. I don't even know. It, it seemed like I was trying to do a, a voice. But no, I, I I know that guy. I was just doing a voice that was different. From that He's name. an ass. That was an angry voice. That's what it was. I wouldn't fight you for the seat rest. Not after that. No. Um, do you um? So you don't. Lo- but all these joke writing, it sort of. I mean, that's isn't that the goal though to be a touring guy? You're not writing all these jokes just to do. New York sets. You know, I think. Or are you? My goal is to be a to to keep my career going, but it's also to get to do stand up on my own terms. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like if I don't say yes to a lot of these weekends, my agents will stop booking me, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, then I'm screwed because that's that's where you make your money is on the road, right. and and uh, also it's like, while I don't like the travel, I do like the opportunity to do the long set, and you can squeeze five new jokes into a headlining set, and hopefully get through it without you know doing too badly and you just can't learn that doing the 15 minute spots where you especially at the cellar where the competition level is so high i do feel like i don't want to have too many bad sets there because yeah. you know when those when those spot of e- emails come out and i have one or two sp- spots or sometimes you know you have the occasional zero spot week yeah. it's like i'm like shit my career's right. going in the tank there's a whole new class of people coming up that just did the half hour you got to the funniest people from every state just moved here. Yeah, it is the thing where you always feel like, oh, that guy's out of town for a month. That's going to really, I'm going to get a lot more work. And then it's like somehow you don't. Yeah. But I find the only time I really find is like if you're in town during Montreal, there's a lot of spots to be had that week. Because the bigwigs like me are in Montreal. Yes. The, the berries, the rocks. <laughs> Do you, um, Shit, was it? So when you say you want to do it on your turn, you want to do like theaters or small theaters or theaters, theaters. Friday, Saturday weekends at good clubs. Yeah, the way Louis got it is kind of. Oh, good lord! I Jesus. mean, Louis doesn't have to worry about the middle seat anymore. No, that's huge. I know. Oh, let's. Uh, have you ever thought of, thought of putting a tour together with some friends or? Uh, I bounced the idea around. I'm close with Sam Morrill and Phil and Mark Norman, but. I, we're all kind of doing our own thing right now. Maybe in a couple of years when our careers are hopefully a little more pronounced and we could draw on it. Sam and I just started our, uh, Sam, Phil and I just started a podcast. You did? What's your podcast? Let's plug it. It's called Keeping Joe. It's, it's hasn't, hasn't aired yet. We've, we've done two. We've, we have two in the can. We're going to try to put a bunch in the can before we start putting them out, but it's with the seller. We're doing it at the seller on the you know what dude, uh, network. Robert Kelly? Yeah, yeah. What's the theme of the po- what's the podcast about? It's called Keeping Joe. Yeah, because uh, I was reluctant to do it, uh, and the idea is like, how long am I gonna stay? So it's uh, a podcast about whether you'll continue to be on a podcast. Yeah, and we talk comedy. Okay, that's one of my problems with a lot of podcasts. Like here, I feel like we're we're talking about comedy. We're having a good conversation. It's not yeah. a ton of lols, but I'm sure you probably showed up to a podcast, and they're like, well, what do we do? And and uh, I think Colin Quinn said recently, it's podcasts are becoming more like phone calls, and I think that's true. And and my biggest criticism is like, if would I want to listen to this podcast that I'm a member of, and if we're not prepared and we're not planning and we're not having a good conversation, I feel like it's not something we should put out. So, do you, are you gonna have guests on this? Uh, we had a guest, we had Artie Lang on our second episode. Uh-huh. Uh, if we can get a good guests, we will have them, but we're not going to make it a mandatory thing to do a podcast with a guest. It's tough to get, it's tough to get good guests. I know. I mean, we've been talking for months. Here's, here's where I slam you. Yeah, I know. I can't always get the best guests. <laughs> I like that you, I to... <laughs> you announced it and I immediately knew, oh shit, oh. I'm in, I'm in for it now. I softened the blow. I said, you're, you're about to be slammed. <laughs> But yeah, I have been chasing you down because you're like you have this album coming out, right? Yeah, I've just been uh, 
I don't know. It's a lack of confidence. I should put it out. I'm just, uh, oh, I always think, what if it's not good enough? But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it soon. Uh, but you're all recorded. And I mean, you're all, it's all recorded. And- it's recorded. It's edited. And I'm going to do it through like one of the services like CD Baby or TuneCore because that way I get to keep a lot more. Right, you do, yeah. yeah. Uh, Comedy Central offered to put it out. But then my friends who had done records with Comedy Central, they offered them money when they recorded it. And they also, Comedy Central takes a, you know, I, you know, that's just the way the business works. I'm not yeah. criticizing them, but they take a big portion. And I felt like, well, well, I already recorded it and they're not offering money. Why not just, I don't know if you really need that middleman anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more helpful when, like when I, I'm, they're my, they put out my stuff, but I think it was, it was probably more helpful when there was actual physical copies of stuff. Where, yes. And they would print them up and, and you just press them and you just bring them and send them to you and just, uh, but now that it's digital, like I think most comedy probably is purchased digitally, but you could also, you should also get some copies. Yeah. I'm going to get some copies to sell on the road or some download cards, but. Right. Download cards, I think is the way to go. Now, when you put out something, you've got 200,000 people that you can just talk yeah. to immediately on Twitter. Right. And, and your comedian colleagues will do this, you know, yeah. when some, one of our colleagues puts something out, usually we retweet it to, uh, so it seems like they, you, you can get a lot of publicity just doing that and also like i mean not to get all in inside businessy stuff but there's that uh you know there's that sound exchange which pays you royalties on like spotify and and uh serious radio and yeah i have friends who make big money because they put the thing out themselves like, yeah like money you can i could live off this money without doing any other work kind of money that's crazy but like good for- 100 million dollars a year <sighs> that is an exaggeration I, I wonder what you know i wonder what a guy like gafkin who i always see it's like he's got four of the top eight albums on yeah itunes it's uh i don't know how gafkin yeah he's he's got a lot of things he fills his calendar yeah he's a machine i'd be nice to be able to put stuff out like that do you um when you got to put it out though man yeah uh that's that's my goal for january played it for anyone else to see if they think it's if there's any problem with it no i haven't i did leave a minor flub in it on purpose. Yeah. Because uh, I just feel like comedy's so clean. Yeah. And it's everything's you, perfect. You mean you fucked up a joke? Or? I fucked up a wording and I fixed it. So it, you know, I, I just said it over. Oh, yeah. That's, but I left it. I wanted to leave one mistake. That's a live in. moment. Yeah. And it's also, you made it funny, I imagine. Right? Yeah. And I just, it bothers that's me on a late live night. Show. Yeah. It bothers me on late night set that it's almost like you're just reciting a monologue. It just doesn't feel. And I feel like a lot of comedy albums are too clean that I that I've heard. I like I like mistakes. I like a little bit of messing up. If you like mistakes, I I would stay away from my my album. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just slick perfection, sonically beautifully. Brown is sonically beautiful. Did you what what TV sets have you done? I did Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. I did Last Comic Standing, and I did the Half Hour. Yeah. I did I did a CBC Howie Mandel gala show that was taped in Canada too. That counts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Those are like three thousand seaters. Those. Yeah, it was. How'd that go? Uh, I did okay. Um, I just it was it was a great opportunity because I did it new faces in two thousand twelve the unrepped, and back then you had to pay your own way. Uh huh. And I was like, wow, this is setting this this is really setting me back. And then Howie Mandel happened to come to my new faces, and he's like, I want you to do my show. And I was like. Wow! I instead oh. of losing. A oh, grand, when you were there, yeah. So it was a last minute booking. Yeah. So instead of losing a thousand dollars, yeah, I ended up making a thousand dollars, just because, you know, that's expensive right. paying your own hotel yeah. and gas and all that stuff. So, is there a show you want to do that you haven't done? I really like to do Conan soon. I put in a tape and he approved the jokes, but I feel like he'd be right up Conan's alley. Yeah, I just haven't. Uh, he'd love you. I just haven't. Uh, finalized it yet i gotta that's my own fault i uh i feel like sometimes i'm always building building the set and then i don't sometimes you just gotta say it's done and that's it right you have to say it's done and yes a day after i do the set i'm gonna think of a way to make that joke better yeah it's just the way it is yeah there's never gonna be a perfect time i mean you don't want to do it because i've you know you don't want to be like as good enough and you know deep in your heart it's not good enough but yeah so at some point you're gonna be like just like you said just look all right let's just let's just do this yeah we can do some, we can do this i'm a great motivational speaker 
Well, I'm motivated. Do you, um, how many sets do you have tonight? I have two. Both at the cellar? Yeah. I'll be there later as well. It's, I love how they have the, uh, the multiple rooms. I hope they keep it going as long as it, as long as it's selling out. They're doing like nine shows a night now. Yes. That's crazy. It's crazy that, like, I, I think it, it speaks volumes. If you put out a good product, yeah. if the, the show comes first, people will come. And everyone gives credit to, to Louie, and he certainly deserves it for having the— I don't give him credit. The, the, the show and the thing. But I think the reason the seller got good in the first place is it's stopping people from talking, yeah. not letting drunk people in, uh, stopping people from filming, making the comedians feel welcome. So, you know, the big acts want to keep coming back right. where— you know, a lot of places that like I don't even—it's not even worth the hassle going to some places yeah. where you're going to get heckled, right? And someone's going to record you. I was at a club. Sorry, am I talking too much? I no, just, I was just—I didn't want you to like start naming specific. If you were going to say something oh, no. about a club, I just don't want to get beaten. No, up. I don't—I don't want that either. But I was at a club and a famous comic stopped in. I know what the club, and I know the comic. Go ahead. And uh, and someone started taping. Asked them not to tape. Did it again. Like, um, immediately start taping again, like, under the table. Like, that's going to fool people. And this comic just walked off stage, didn't wait for the host to come back. And the host ran after him. Please go back. We'll make sure he doesn't. It's, like, it's too late. Yeah. It's because that could ruin somebody's year. And that kind of stuff creates such a buzz, too, if, like, big acts are dropping in. Because if that, yeah, I mean, I think I know who you're talking about. And I think I know where that happened. Yeah. But, uh... I just I did it in sign language. Yeah, too. you're right. Okay. Um But yeah, especially someone like that because someone who's really famous cuz that clip might they might have 10,000, you know, 50,000 people a day searching YouTube for that person's name. And yeah, like, and all of a sudden their stuff's out there and it, his half-done jokes right that 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 Netflix paid for <laughs> are suddenly on YouTube for free before they're done and it's like that's infuriating. Uh but I don't know why it is, but clubs, uh, the first thing to cut is the doorman, and that is integral to having a good show. That, yeah, I could go on. Well, I will go on. It's my podcast. But yeah, the the thing where you're like, you know you could get someone for $75 or $100 a night where you just go, you stand in this room. If someone talks, you walk up to them and you tell them to be quiet. If they talk again, then you remove them. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, that's not the hardest job. And they say it's the expense, but I go into dive bars that have a doorman all the time. And also, and it's like an expense. It's like saying, I, I don't want to pay for a microphone. No, it's sort of like there's some expenses you have to incur, and that would be one of them. Yeah, if you want to have a club. Because it's so much not. I mean, there's clubs that I work that are definitely not as good as the seller and, and with the security. And you're just kind of like, why, why are you you're doing a Facebook and from the front table? I mean, it's like – and if you say something, then – it, it's hard to be silly after that. It's hard to be fun. Right. Especially with, with our acts where it's joke tell. You kind of have to listen and be – you kind of have to let yourself go to where we're going. But I, to me, it's like why would you allow the show to be bad? That's what clubs do constantly. It's they allow the show to be bad. They don't shut up that – those four drunk people that right. are ruining – you look – you stand at the microphone and you see the audience all looking at them. And then the, you have the people start shushing and it just – it really makes a bad situation right. worse where it could easily be a good show. Oh, don't get me don't get me started. What do you um what was it? so you live in New Jersey, Weehawken, right? Yeah, right across the river. It's much cheaper. Because, uh, you know, you spend that rent money and it's gone and you get nothing you have nothing to show for it. So I figured I can live I can live what someone in Queens lives with a roommate. My rent is yeah. living in Jersey, and it's especially with Uber now. It's it's so much closer, and there's you know the bus is twenty four hours, so it's a lot. Do they ever not want to? Uh, does Uber ever not want to take you there? I have had people cancel rides. I don't know which of the services make you put in a destination. Make you or the the driver can see it before they pick you up. Yeah. I don't know. I think one of them doesn't let them know, but I get it, and I just put in another. Thing and then I have drivers tell me they don't like it. I have drivers tell me no, I like doing the longer ride. So I guess yeah, it I mean works it's more money. Way. And then I mean I guess maybe they don't pick someone up in in Weehawken, but yeah, and they try to address that by having a a fee that's more than the toll. Yeah, so you can get back in. You get a few dollars to get back in. Do you? Uh, how's your frequent flyer miles going? Oh, not good. What do you got? Uh, 
Uh, I was I was A list preferred on Southwest, but I just oh, that's don't right. use we them. We talked about that. Yeah, and I had kind of a thing with Delta, so I don't really fly with them too much anymore. What happened with Delta? They I made a reservation for a flight from from Budapest to Amsterdam and Amsterdam to to Newark and I didn't have to pay. They said like on the website it said something about like bring the card and then I got the confirmation the day before and I showed up the Oh for the ticket? Yeah, so I I brought my I got the confirmation email. Here's your confirmation, here's your seat. Uh And I showed up and they're like, Well, you have the reservation but no ticket. And I'm like, I don't understand how this works. And it might have been Royal Dutch, Royal Dutch's fault because they're the partner. But I just don't understand how that happened. And I tried to pay three times, and I actually booked three times. And I wrote Delta and had them cancel two, but I still had the third one. This was weeks, a couple weeks ahead of time. And the night before, I got my confirmation, just like everything was fine. And, and I was just, I was frustrated that that situation can exist. That even, if, how can you have a reservation but no ticket? What's the point? Right. Of the reservation, and I just didn't feel like they addressed it well. And I get that it's not an airport airline's business to help people out because they don't have to compete that hard. Right. Yeah, because they're like, maybe your options are limited. Yeah. Um, depending on the route. Yeah. So no, so no status with them then, huh? No silver, gold. No. I got nothing with Delta either. Yeah, I, 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 right now, I, I, I find like the rewards programs are harder and harder to get stuff out off I know, of. I know. And, uh, I almost feel like I'm better off just trying to fly the cheapest, the cheapest reasonable airline I can find. Now, I was going to ask you about your website because I went to it today on my phone and I was clicking on your tour dates and it started downloading a file. Oh. Like an FLV file. I like, will have to talk to Lenny Marcus, my webmaster, I, I, about that. It's like, oh, is he the webmaster? Lenny is my webmaster. It's like, I don't want to. It's like when you, you know, when you go to a, sometimes you look at a restaurant menu and then like starts downloading a PDF. This was oh. a file I never even heard of. Yeah. Unless I click something wrong. But in any case. It's not a great website and people have offered to, to make it better, but I just want to make sure it loads yeah, and it just, has my just, tour date. Just, just make it super simple. Yeah. Because you got all these like fancy things going on, and half the time it can freeze people's older browsers. So I just didn't want any of that. Yeah, fix that. Yeah, I will. I will look into that. <laughs> what time do you go to bed? Uh, I'm a night owl. I go to sleep usually four or five, and I wake up at eleven or noon. And I used to beat myself up with that because you know, I used to have the nine to five job. But once you don't have that nine to five job anymore, I find that like the night hours are you can't be distracted, uh-huh. and it's like you're. Your adrenaline's going from the show that you did, you know. I so I feel like, why am I fighting to go to sleep at one so I can wake up at nine? Yeah. When I don't have to be anywhere. Right. You've. That's a uh, an upside to our jobs. That, yeah. Yeah, I can go to sleep at five in the morning. Yeah. Although I don't. What time do you, What time do you usually? I'm like two or three. Like I I stay awake till like I just like I don't. I get like nervous about going to sleep. Because I just always have shitty dreams. Oh right! Like, if I wake up and then go, well, then it's like the joy of like, oh, I have to go back to sleep. But like the actual first time going to sleep, I don't. It's tough. Ugh, it's I I put a movie on that I've seen a million times really? just to have something in the background to uh, to drown out my mind. Do you meditate? I do, but I do the guided meditations on YouTube. Okay, I've been using an app. Oh, what's the what's the app? There's one called Calm, and there's one called Headspace. Oh, I'll have to check them out. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I just feel like it hasn't locked in yet. Like I don't quite know what I'm getting out of it. In the four times I've meditated, like it hasn't really just turned into. I feel the same way. Uh, sometimes I think, and maybe this is way out of left field, but sometimes I think that all the stuff we're trying to do, it's it's not us. It's we've created a world that's that's too stressful. Like I read a study that said people who live in small communities are happier. Uh-huh. Like maybe we weren't meant to live stacked in rows, fifty rows tall. Yeah, and uh, in in, in a, next to a bunch of other people that are stacked fifty rows tall. Hearing and, horns honking. And, yeah. Oh man, let's all let's just move to the country. Yeah, it's a I, it's a crazy thing to think about, but like a few hundred years ago, it's like you know how people are are socially anxious. It's like you didn't meet new people. It's like you saw the same – you might meet a f- couple of new people a year that were passing through. It just right. wasn't – it's a totally different world that uh, I don't know if – I don't know if people have caught up yet. 
Yeah, it's like sometimes I'll drive on a highway and you drive past a farm and you see this house in the middle of like 8,000 acres. You're like, man, what are they? what's their social life like? Yes. I mean, they must, you got to love living in that house. Yes, but I, f- I feel like if you're, maybe that maybe the, that's a married couple. And no, I'm not they... saying there's some, anything wrong with it, but it's yeah. just, I, you know what I mean? Uh, even sometimes I'm like, well, where's my social life? <laughs> you know, I just yeah. like, I like to just, uh, I'm a more of a homebody myself. So it, New York is, a lot of the benefits of New York is lost on me. Remember when we went to that coffee shop in Dallas? Do you remember that? That was a lot of fun. Wow, that was a fucking good time. We went there to write. Did either of us write? I don't think either of us wrote. I, I did some writing. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, then I did too. I I uh I thought it was nice that the people didn't. I, I think someone came up to you and said that they. Uh, oh, he said, "Yeah, you're a, a young black guy." Came up to you and yeah. said, "Like you're a comedian." Yeah. And that was cool. Yeah. You know, welcome to my world. It's always nice to be recognized. No, he was very nice. Yeah. Joe, what do you got to plug? Oh, uh, well, I will be releasing an album soon. Uh, check out my Twitter. Uh, it's Twitter. Uh, Comedian Joe Mackey is the is the uh, after the slash. Is a verified account? It's a verified account. Did you, I got did, a check mark. did you get that from uh, Last Comic Standing? Yes. How was that? Did you enjoy that experience? Because you got some good stage time on that. I got I got to do about a half hour in prime time, which is insane. Really? Like no one gets to do that much comedy, but people kept challenging me to. To get me, you know, off the show, or my team didn't win the challenges, so I didn't have immunity. So I kept having to tell jokes. Where some of the people who got as far as I did, they barely were on the show. So I ended up getting more Twitter followers by about ten thousand than the person who won. Not because of anyone's being better than the other person, but just because I was on so much. Yeah. Um. So it really helped my career. That was kind of. I remember my former agent actually told my manager they were going to drop me. Uh, before last comic standing, so my career was in the in the toilet uh, right before it happened. So it really kind of it really kept it kept me going and gave me a big boost. I wouldn't be able to headline. Did you end up doing the tour? I did the tour. It was uh, fifty five or fifty six wow. cities in sixty days. It was crazy. Jeez. How yeah. did you travel? We had a tour bus. Oh, okay. Um, who was on that tour? Lachlan Patterson, uh, yeah, Rodman, nice. who won. Lachlan's great. Yeah, uh, he's a good guy. I don't yeah. know Rodman. Uh, uh, he's a he's a very good comedian and he's a good dude. Um, uh, also Rocky Laporte. Oh yeah, I know him a little bit. He's he's a good guy and he's funny. He's a he's like a, the consummate pro. He, yeah, he really showed me all the tricks. It's like if Joe, if you're doing a casino, you got to do this. Is how, you know, he knows how to handle every situation. And Nikki Carr, a very funny uh, comedian, and uh, five of us on a bus and three tour people and the driver. And I hate. I hated the bus. It's I can't sleep on those things. Really, I, I've done those buses a few times. I actually, su- I'm surprised how well I sleep. Oh, because it's got that little rumble, and you, I mean, it's a little claustrophobic. But once you get, if you can get past that, you're in a kind of a coffin-like thing. Yeah, I just. It's not I, like staying in a hotel. Though. No, I let my imagination run wild, and I keep thinking about, you know, Gloria Estefan and and Cliff Burton getting those horrific accidents in the buses. You are supposed to face a certain way, though. I remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. No one told me that. Yeah, there's like one way, like. You'll die if you face this way. Oh, you won't die if you face this way. I f- I would sleep no, 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 no. feet feet towards the driver. I hope that's the right way. And I slept on the bottom bunk. I'm trying to think which way. I think it was. I think feet towards the driver. I shouldn't say because I don't want anyone to take. Yeah, you don't want anyone who's about to get on a tour bus and go on tour. And no more deaths on your hands. Right. Ask about that. So, okay. So that was were those shows pretty good though. We had a really good season. I because the show hadn't been on in four years. So there was a, a a big pool of talent that hadn't been really seen, um, and they also we you know our regular our regular day the show was on. If it wasn't that day, they would do like a a top fifty jokes or something like that, or they yeah, would yeah. rerun. So we ended up even though we were only thirteen episodes, they ended up doing a few more episodes of compilations, right. and they reran some stuff. So we really had uh, our ratings were decent. And, uh, and the tour, the tour was, I think they call it a virtual sellout when you sell like ninety six percent. That's good. So most of the most of the shows were really well sold. Sweet. Couple were light, but usually very good. What else do you have coming up? Uh, I'm hoping to be back on the road with Louis. You never kind of. Yeah, he's a last minute guy. So yeah, and he's got like a whole bunch of great comedians working with him. Yeah. Um, and then I got uh, I'm going to Buffalo Helium on my uh-huh. own, and uh, I'm heading to. 
Uh, Mark Ridley's in Detroit uh, okay. coming up. So if you check my website, I got the dates on there. JoeMackey.com. Yep. M-A-C-H-I. M-A-C-H-I. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks for was, having me. You all right? You're not going to get the flu anymore. Oh, damn it. I'm caught. I've made it the whole time. Thanks, everyone, for coming to the show. I know I don't, it's, I don't know why I said coming to the show, but it's too late for that. I, was, I thought I was emceeing for a second. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, everyone else. Thank you. Bye. Feral Audio. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.